Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Matthew chapter 14, verse 20. Once you found it, won't you say, I got it. If you can't find it, say, Lord, help me. Now, you just said you've been at New Birth all these years and you, you still can't find Matthew. Matthew chapter 14, verse 20. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. Matthew 14, verse number 20. Let's read it together with uplifted voices. Come on, everybody. They all ate. All right, let, let's start over. Y'all, y'all working my nerves. Just, come on, let, let, let's start over. Let's start over. Amen. We're going to do one, two, three, shoot. Come on, Matthew 14, verse 20. Come on, everybody. They all ate. Oh, I see what happened. Oh, it wasn't your fault. Okay, so the one down here got King James and the one up there got New International Version. I got it, all right, all right. Thank you, Vincent, thank you to our media team. All right, uh, all right, you may be seated. This is, I can't go on, all right. <laughs> the Satan is busy this morning, huh? It, it just confirmed my sermon for today. I'm, I'm, I want to preach uh, using as a subject, I'm a basket case. I'm a basket case. Would you look at the person beside you and tell them, you're going to have to pray for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a basket case. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. I'm a basket case. Comrades, my prayers have been plagued with pain and pointed towards Palestine because the Palestinians are under complete siege and are facing genocide. The defense minister for Israel, Yoav Gallant, said on Wednesday in a press conference, Here's what uh, the defense minister of Israel said, watch this, at a press conference. We are fighting human animals. And as a consequence, we are acting accordingly. While Hamas has been barbarically hostile, the innocent civilians who are feeling the toll is unconscionable. Over 1,400 civilians have been chalked up as casualties. Doctors Without Borders has reported that 5,522 pregnant women are due to deliver in Gaza over the next 30 days. According to the Geneva Convention, 
taking hostages, torture, and murder of civilians is out of bounds. And might I add, albeit humbly, so should the cutting off of food, electricity, water, and fuel as Israel has done. Friends, you know you are in real warfare when your emotional electricity has been cut off, which blocks you from having the ability to connect. Depression is many times connected to isolation. The highest level of punitive penal damage is solitary confinement because we were designed to be in relationship. We are social beings. So to be antisocial is to go against angelic intention. Genesis says, it's not good to be alone. So part of the satanic strategy is to alienate you from family, from friends, and intellectually stimulating relationships. There is data that gives us glaring evidence people live longer when they are in community. And I want God to cut your power back on. Whatever it is that has isolated you from family, whatever it is that disconnects you from healthy relationships, I'm praying that God will turn the power back on so you won't feel like you're in it by yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, Gaza is being bombed at strategic points to stop fuel trucks from coming in. You are under fire when the enemy is zapping you of your fuel, your zeal, your drive, your motivation. Your initiative has been hijacked. When you are out of gas, somebody has to push you. Because when you're out of gas, there is no control of your steering wheel. You feel comfortable from people, for people pushing you from the back. I drive an electric car. And I want you to understand this, that while it doesn't require your fuel, when my car is absent of power, doors won't open. Sound won't come on. The engine will not start. And I'm praying for you on this moment that God will give you the jump you need so that you can start going again. You are not supposed to be in park, but God is calling you to go into overdrive. Whatever goals you have for this year, you are not just going to meet them, but by the grace of God, you are going to exceed them. To add insult to injury, not only has the power been cut off in Gaza, Hear this, not only has the fuel been circumnavigated, but now they are absent of food and water. The average person can only live three days without water, 14 days without food. 
Being famished and dehydrated will make you sleepy, will make you lethargic, will make you dizzy, and you are devoid of the ability to fight. That's what it is that is happening when food is taken away. You have lost your strength. It helps you to understand why it is that the black community is plagued with food deserts. That you can't find any vegetables, can't find any fruit, but you can always find a white paper bag. Because as long as we are eating unhealthily, we'll never have the strength to fight what it is that God has called us to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you need nourishment not just for your body, you need nourishment for your mind. Your soul has got to be fed. You have no idea how many people may be physically out, physically out of shape, but emotionally they are anemic because they don't know what it is to be hugged without strings attached. They don't know the difference between the intimacy and sexuality. They don't know what it's like to have somebody pour into them because they always have somebody making withdrawals out of their life. It becomes draining when you're the only strong one. It becomes dizzying when you always got to think for other people. It becomes taxing when it is that you got to do double time and people don't even want to give you half the credit. If you keep living that way with no strength, with no energy, with no support, you will end up being a basket case. I know the people around you look normal, they look regular, they look like they got everything together, but don't let that new birth t-shirt throw you off. A lot of us are on the fringe of having a nervous breakdown. You can't even sleep through the night because you got to think about what's happening the next week and the next day and the next month. There are those of you who don't even know how it is that you're able to stay focused with all of the stress and with all of the drama and with all of the strife. If a feather dropped on your shoulder, you will crumble because you can't take any more pressure. And it is only the grace of God that's keeping you together when you should have fallen apart. I need somebody who can back me up right here saying, Pastor, you talking to me. I don't even know how I'm not crying right now. I don't even know how I'm not foaming at the mouth. I don't even know how I'm not walking with a clenched fist. I don't even know how I'm not drunk right now, how I'm not high. But it is the grace of God that helps me to get out of the bed. The grace of God that refuses to let me quit and to give up and fall under the pressure. It is the grace of God. I am nothing more than a basket case. And with that in mind, it forces us to reconsider Matthew 14. Jesus is teaching in what has been described as a remote place. The day has disappeared. Jesus was teaching from sunup to sundown. And now that the sun is starting to go down, there are no street lights. The disciples uh, come up to Jesus out of an abundance of caution. 
and says, Master, send them away. Watch what he says, what they say to Jesus. Send them away because there is no food around here. There's no food around here. They got all of that for their spirit, listening to you. But physically, they can't stand. They're not going to be able to make it. Jesus, send them away. And Jesus responds back to them, what do you have? You talking about send them away? What you gonna do to help with this situation? I'm telling you, if you wanna be a leader, don't just come with problems, come with solutions. You will always find yourself in an advantage when you come up with a solution to a problem. I need somebody to just lay hands on yourself and shout out loud, I'm a problem solver. What do you have? And when Jesus asked that question, he's not asking them, what do you have for yourself? What do you have for the 5,000 who are dealing with food insecurity? What do you have for those who do not have Medicaid? What do you have for those who are in public situations? What do you have for those who are having a third-rate public education? What do you have when those who only see image of themselves on reality television and hip-hop videos and TikTok, what do you have for them? You can't send them away and might I say to the body of Christ called church that church we've got blood dripping off of our hands when we send people away because they don't dress like us and smell like us and talk like us and God is asking what do you have for them what do you have for one of the disciples being a smart aleck said Jesus there are 5,000 men, not including women and children. For us to feed them, it will take a year's salary. He has already calculated the cost. And he has not done the right kind of Messiah math to see what God is up to. He said, it's going to take a year to feed all of these people. But Jesus never blinks. He's not intimidated. He's not overwhelmed. He said, what it will take you a year to do, I can do it in a day. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what kind of faith y'all are flowing out of today, but I want to speak to somebody who's got enormous, abundant faith. Can you imagine whatever was your salary for 23? that in 24 God will use that much money out of your hand to be a blessing to other people y'all just miss your level of shouting see when it's for you you don't mind giving God glory but I want to know how many of you believe God can trust you to be a blessing to other people the old Negro spiritual said if I can help somebody as I pass along if I can cheer somebody with a word or with a song then my living is not in vain you may be seated I I gotta gauge your faith right through here would you be seated and lift up both of your hands this is only for those of you who have pure hearts and clean hands 
Lord, I pray for whoever's hands are lifted. Let enough resources flow through their hands that in the next year they'll be able to be a blessing to people who are not in their family. I pray, dear Lord, you'll give them what they need that they never have to worry about how they're going to take care of their own bills. But I pray that their cup will so overflow that they'll bless people who are in a situation, here's your shout, that they used to be in. God, give them the money to rescue a woman that's in an abusive relationship. Give them the money for a woman who's struggling as a single parent. Give them the money for somebody who's got to sit out of school for a semester. Give them the money so that they won't have to sleep in their car or have to figure out how to keep the lights on. God, you can trust us with the overflow. It is not for us. It's so somebody else can be blessed. And if you believe that God can trust you with an enormous amount of resources to be a blessing, take those hands and clap them right now. Perhaps, perhaps our need base is glaringly too small because you only budget for your household. You are not calculating the impact God wants you to make in the world. Your faith needs to be of such that you have to ask God, put me in a position so that my last year's salary will be disposable income for outreach. Oh, y'all just missed what I just said. Can I talk to y'all for just one minute? What are you gonna act like if in one day God gives you your entire year's salary and says it ain't for your rent, it ain't for your mortgage, it ain't for your child, but I wanna see if I can trust you to be a blessing to other people. Those of you who are selfish, don't say nothing, but if you know that God has strategically put you in a position to be a blessing to other people. He asked them, what do you have? And all of them say nothing. And those of us who graduated from Vacation Bible School, stage right, here comes a little boy who got two fish and five loaves of bread. But you go to New Birth, and because you go to New Birth, I know that you are biblically astute, and if you under me, I know you are a critical thinker. I do not want to talk about two fish and five loaves of bread. That's elementary, you already know that story. You already know about two fish, five loaves of bread. I don't want to talk about two fish, five loaves of bread. I, but I want to tell you, in my whole black life, my whole black life, everybody talks about uh, the two fish and the five loaves of bread from the little boy. Do you know what nobody ever talks about? What nobody ever talks about, here's your shout, is who brought the baskets? God, I can't hear nobody. 5,000 people are hungry, but there's somebody that showed up with an empty basket that said, I might have come here empty, but I'm leaving here with something. 
I don't know what y'all's expectation is, but if there's anybody that's got an empty basket to say, Lord, I can't go back home the same way that I came, fill my basket up. I need it to overflow. He asked him, what do you have? He never asked, what food do you have? He just asked, what do you have? Little boy got two fish, five loaves of bread, but the little boy don't have baskets. Jesus says, watch this, y'all just give me the two fish, the five loaves of bread. And the Bible says he took it, he lifts it up, he blesses it, he breaks it, and then he starts giving it away. But he said, I'm not going to give it away until I get everybody to be seated. Because if they don't know how to take direction, they will not be good stewards over their overflow. Look at the person beside you, tell them you got to be obedient to what God is telling you to do. I don't know how many of you are ready for it, but God is going to give you instructions that don't even make sense for where it is that you are. I remember when Jesus went to the wedding in Cana and Mary went to him and said, we've run out of wine. Mary looks at the catering staff and says, whatever he tells you to do, then you just got to do that. Would you look at your neighbor, tell him whatever God tells you to do, then you got to do that. You got to trust him. If he's telling you write the book, write the book. If he's telling you to start the business, to start the business. If he's telling you to get an LLC, get the LLC. If he's telling you to move, then you gotta move. Don't worry about the money. Just trust the master. Whatever he tells you to do. You may be seated. He, um, he has all of them seated. Hear this. And, um, and somehow or another, we got 12 baskets of people who have great expectation. They believe they're about to be filled in just a few moments. I don't know where it is that you are, but I feel like I got some basket carriers who believe that this been one of the roughest seasons of my life. But I serve a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I can think, what I can dream, what I can imagine. Would you look at your neighbor, tell them this is my last Sunday being empty. By the time you see me again, the way that my faith is set up, blessings are getting ready to come from everywhere. Blessings on top of blessings. God is going to do for me what I can't do for myself. Y'all ain't shouting good. God is going to give me what I heaven see and what is heaven heard. I'm expecting great things. Hallelujah. None of y'all feel that way? I said I am expecting great things. Yes, him. Jesus asked him, what do you have? He says, I only have two fish and five loaves of bread. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are anointed, delete the word only from your vocabulary. Oh my God, it may not look like much to you. 
but if you got faith the size of a mustard seed, you better stop committing self-sabotage. Talking about I only got an associate's degree. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I only got a two-bedroom apartment. God said, do you know little becomes much? When you place it in my hand, it may start off small, but it ain't going to stay that way. All you got to do is trust him. Because we only have two fish and five loaves of bread because they were looking at it through natural eyes and not through spiritual. He said to them, listen, I know you don't have any money. I know you ain't got no money. I got 12 grown men on my staff. 12 of them. I got a lawyer. I got a doctor. I got an accountant. I got an IRS agent. Listen to me. I got a fisher, a fisherman, and none of y'all brought me anything. But I do not want you to use what you do not have as an excuse. I want you to watch the model of Jesus. It's getting ready to mess you up. You didn't bring me two fish and five loaves of bread, but this is what I do want you to do, even though you didn't have anything to give. It's getting ready to get tight now. You didn't have nothing to give. So disciples, what I need you to do is to serve. Because if you want to be great, all you got to do is serve. See, some of y'all are too puffed up and too bougie. And you think you are above serving. But I need 90 of y'all in this room that know serving will open doors for you. Humbling yourself will do for you what you can't do for yourself. Would you look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm not here to take. I'm here to serve. Come on, some of y'all are sitting by the wrong people. I said, I'm here to serve. I'm getting ready to serve up God a sound of praise. And it is not for me. I'm serving the people on my row because I feel like they are empty. I feel like they are a Baptist case. But when I give God glory, Lord, take my life and let it be. You better serve if you want to be great. Be seated, please. Says I'm calling you to serve. You in this ministry, you ain't a part of nothing. You can sing, but you ain't in the choir. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You sociable, but you won't be a usher. You got a prayer life, but you won't be a part of the intercession. This is not an audience, it's an army. If you came to this church to hide, I'm pulling the sheets off of you. You got too much gift to be sitting in that pew, acting like you got nothing to offer. God didn't bring you here so you can hide. You got to heal from your church hurt and get on the front line of what God is assigning you to do. Says, if you want to be great, you're going to have to serve. So he said, even though you didn't bring me any fish, you didn't bring any bread, can you stay up at night and talk to somebody off the ledge on the phone? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can, can you give somebody wisdom and counsel even while your own life is falling apart? Can you pray for others even when you ain't got the strength to pray for yourself? 
Come on, I can't hear nobody. Too many of you all want positions, but you don't know how to be in position. I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting right through here. Would you grab that neighbor by the hand and tell your neighbor, this week serve somebody. This week it is not about you. This week don't make yourself always the priority. There's somebody in your family that's in jail. Go visit them. Somebody in your family in the hospital, call them. Somebody is getting ready to lose their mind. Go hug them. All you got to do is serve. Said disciples, sit the people down. Sit the people down and uh, I want you to serve even though you told me to send them away. I want you to serve them even though you said that we didn't have anything. Ladies and gentlemen, you all, uh, you know the story. Would y'all be seated for just one moment? You all know the story. And the story gets crazy uh, because uh, the disciples make uh, all of them sit down in groups. And it's only then that Jesus starts feeding them. This is so crazy uh, because I told you, I don't even know who showed up with the baskets. Furthermore, uh, because they did not know uh, that it was going to turn into a church picnic. <laughs> Whoever brought the baskets, how did they know to bring 12? It's 12 disciples. God help me. So each disciple gets a basket. I think y'all missed what just happened here. Jesus asked them five verses ago, what do you have? All of them speak in unison, we don't have nothing. Jesus says, I'm going to put a basket in each of your hands. The Bible says that day they fed 5,000, not including women and children. And here's what's crazy. And then after they feed the 5,000, not including women and children, here it is, new birth, it's 12 baskets left. Are y'all here? It's 12 baskets left and there are 12 disciples. God help me. All right. Y'all sitting on my neck right through here. L listen, uh, he feeds 5,000, not including women and children. It's 12 baskets left over. It's crazy, y'all, that the baskets fall into the hands of those who serve. Y'all don't know when to shout. The recipients got a plate, but the servers get a basket. God is getting me to do something extra for folk that know how to take care of people, those that know how to treat people. God is gonna release an extra basket. Be seated, please, I'm trying to help you. He makes sure all 12 have a basket. Here it is. After he's given two fish and five loaves of bread to all of them, all 12 have a basket, not one, not three, not five, not seven, all 12. He said, because I need every single one of you who serve with me.
to have a testimony going forward that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I feel like having church now. I'm excited for the 12 people who are sitting on your row because God said from here to the rest of the year, they always gonna have a full basket. They not gonna have to ask nobody for nothing. They gonna have it on their own because God is getting ready to bless the people that serve. All right. Be seated, I'm almost finished. Please, be seated. I'm almost finished. I got two things I gotta say to you, then I'm raising up. Listen to me. He says, I gotta give you a basket full because never another day in your life, never another day in your life, never another day in your life, if somebody asks you, what do you have? Will you ever again be able to say nothing when you know who your God is? The only reason why I'm shouting is that there are folk around you who lived through some days when you didn't have nothing. But since you've been serving God, the old church mother said, it pays to serve Jesus. I need somebody that knows looking over my life. I had some good days and I had some bad days, but my good days, Be seated, please. I'm, I'm so over time. Would you be seated, please? I got to show you something. Okay. It says, every person that serves me will have a full basket. Look at the person beside say, he talking about us. He talking about us. Now, the problem with our text Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with our text, I need you to look at it. The Bible says that there are 12 baskets left over. Come on, all I got is the Bible. It's 12 baskets left over. Watch this. And the verse says, and the baskets are filled, here it is, with fragments. Yeah. I got 12 baskets left over, and those baskets are filled with pieces. All right, Pastor, I'm lost. When they had two fish and five loaves of bread, Jesus took the bread. He lifted it up. He said, thank you. He broke it and then he gave it away. Look at the end of the miracle. Watch this, it's 12 baskets left over and the Bible says it's filled with fragments. That means, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus had already blessed it. But not only had Jesus blessed it, he already broke it. Y'all don't know when to shout. Hear me very clearly. I need you to say this. God was showing them because I filled your basket. Whoever you bless, it will not be a loss. It's just going to start to multiply. And I need somebody that know, God help me, that the only people that ought to be shouting now are those that are givers. That those that know when you give to God, it's going to come back to you. Press down, shaking together, and 
running over. God said for five of y'all that are screaming, you ain't got to track nobody down. If you gave them money and they didn't pay you back, God said, watch it come back to you. Watch what it is that you did for other people. Watch God reward you out of the goodness of your heart. Judas got a basket. Even though he was going to sell Jesus out. Peter got a basket. Even though he was going to deny him. Thomas got a basket. Even though he doubted him. But all of them got a basket. Even though they didn't deserve it. I got to get out of here, but somebody ought to be giving God glory because God said the reason why you ought to be shouting right now is your next blessing going to be so good that you're going to know you didn't deserve it. You know God looked beyond all of your faults and he met you at your knees. Are you going to give him glory for the car you know you don't deserve? For the house you getting ready to walk into that you don't deserve. For the money you about to get that you don't deserve. I give God glory because Jesus didn't deserve to die. I deserve to die. But because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.